Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're kindly joined once more by Alan Green. Alan, thank you very much for being with us this morning. Morning, John. Uh, good to be back. So we're going to be discussing quite a interesting company in the context of COVID and, and Deliveroo, as well as Ashted and ECR Minerals a little bit later on in the uh, in the podcast. But to start with, Alan, let's look at the most prominent piece of news that we are seeing this morning, and that is from the United States in the progression of the infrastructure spending bill. Um, we've seen a approval for a direct federal spending of $550 billion overnight. Um, that's going to include $110 billion for, for roads and bridges, $65 billion for, for speeding up the internet infrastructure over there. Um, I think there's about $70 billion for, for clean energy, amongst other things. When we're, we're looking at, at what's happening there, not a huge market reaction so far, but indeed this is this is spending that's going to happen over a number of years. So unlikely to see um, any major shifts uh, initially. But from sort of looking at what you've seen there, uh, Alan, of course that there's always uh, this saying: if the United States uh, sneezes, we we catch a cold. Um, that would obviously look at the sort of negative side of things. This is obviously quite positive. Do you think there could be any spillover in into European and UK equities from uh, the US spending bill? Oh, very much so, uh, um, uh, John. I mean, this is uh, you know, let's let's not beat about the bush. This is hugely positive. It's widely accepted that the US infrastructure, you know, particularly when you go into the, the American heartlands, a lot of the the roads, the networks, there, the infrastructure are, you know, they're, they're suffering badly. That you know, it looks it looks worn out, frankly. Um, and uh, there is there is a huge need to modernise the infrastructure. Um, you know, bringing bring in high speed internet, bring in uh, clean energy, and uh, this plan will execute that. And of course, there are there are uh, companies with exposure to uh, the US, and I'm going to talk about um, the company Ashstead shortly. Ashstead, of course, owns the uh, the Sunbelt Rentals businesses uh, across the UK, the US, and Canada. So it has direct exposure to that upside. So of course, it's going to be hiring the equipment to to um, facilitate those. That modernization program. So, yeah, I mean, by and large, it's hugely positive. The infrastructure does need upgrading, um, and of course, this is um, this has probably been exemplified by the COVID pandemic. Um, just as with China, a lot of the projects that were on the back burner and set to set to uh, to 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 have been um, launched and uh, and um, construction uh, work. Should, that should have started last year, of course, has hasn't, and um, so everything is a year behind, um, including the U.S. infrastructure modernization program. So it's it's a very good thing, and there will be spin-offs into businesses, and of course, uh, we're going to touch on Ashstead shortly and how it affects them. 
Yes, so of course, you know, investors looking to, to play this story, that the most logical way of doing this would be looking at uh, American companies uh, operating specifically there, particularly ones from looking at this morning, um, ones that certain investors and fund managers have been um, highlighting, particularly those ones operating uh, railroad companies, mm-hmm. um, of course, moving the materials backwards and forwards, equipment and such like. Um, they're going to see a big jump in uh, activity there. Of course, general construction companies and, and those dealing particularly with, with US contracts, waterworks companies uh, in the United States are, are of course, one that's going to be um, very much central to the facilitation of the infrastructure spending. So there is a number of interesting companies uh, to, to have a look at there. But what we're going to do now, Alan, and as we as we mentioned there, is look at one company that I do remember back to when I was working uh, with clients on building their, their portfolios, uh, predominantly of, of UK equities, is one company that was always a favourite among investors when they wanted to gain exposure to any increase in activity in the US construction uh, industry. And that, that company is plant hire company Ashted. Um, anyone that has a quick look at their chart will see a huge rally in their shares um, over the last six months, Alan. What's behind that? And, and how could they benefit going forward from the US infrastructure bill? Well, it's astonishing, isn't it? I, um, I mean, Jonathan, what you've described there, you know, putting clients into Ashton, um, uh, you know, I'm turning clock back, uh, getting over 20 years here when we, I, I started sharecrazy.com. And of course, it, one of the popular stocks on the bulletin board was Ashton. And Malcolm Stacey, of course, who is still working uh, um, uh, out there as a, as a commentator. Malcolm was a big fan of Ashstead. And I think the shares back then were 30, 40p you know, um, and uh, it weren't doing a great deal, but it was a steady, a steady um, cornerstone in a portfolio. So, and it gave you great exposure. And of course, what Ashstead did, they went to the US and they basically acquired Sunbelt Rentals. Um, and Sunbelt Rentals, uh, are a huge national network of um, equipment hire and rental across the US um, and in the UK and Canada. Of course, they trade under Sunbelt here in the UK now as well. But um, they've just seen an explosion um, in, a, in in both in revenues um, and in customers over the past the past few years. I mean, they've got um, getting on for nineteen thousand employees. Um, some 800,000 rental assets uh, across all of their chains, 815,000 customers, um, and, and that's up from 745,000 customers in 2020. So, so you can see the exponential growth right there. You know, it's, it's growing at that rate of knots. Um, revenues of just over 5 billion, and um, they've just got, you know, if you want to, rent it um if you want to rent it then ashdead or sunbelt rentals is the place to do it you know every sort of equipment hire so of course this infrastructure bill in the us is meat and drink to the likes of ashdead it simply means that um these infrastructure uh, uh contracts once they're underway uh will of course be going to the key plant hire suppliers to provide the plant to to complete the uh, infrastructural upgrades that are required, and Ashdead is in pole position to do that. But I mean, uh, I remember, as I said just now, when we were talking about the stock in the early noughties, I mean, it was 
30 40, 30p 40p and over the past year i mean we're looking june just looking at june 2000 uh june, uh, what, uh, june 2000 uh, well back in 2009 it was as high as 80p and then and then the growth started and but the real exponential growth over the past year has been staggering i mean the shares literally have doubled in value since um since may last year so um it's been an astonishing performance from the company but it's just it's come of age and i think um i think with this uh, exposure it has uh, with this new infrastructure bill in place there's every uh, prospect of the shares rising higher again i mean it is very highly valued valued it's got a valuation of 25 billion market cap um pays a dividend of just under one percent so the dividend is on the shares but if you tell that stock if you bought a big block of stock back in the early noughties and just sat on it then it would have repaid you handsomely many times over and of course is now very much a, a multi-bagger so um is there scope for further growth yes i think there is um and obviously ashstead has been very well run um the uh, the uh, chief executive brendan horgan has uh, done a very good job um and uh uh, he said in, in the most recent statement in, in Outlook, there was clear, clear momentum, strong positions in all markets, supported by a high, follow, high quality fleet, uh, a strong financial position and a new strategic plan to help them capitalise on opportunities. So I, I think there's every every uh, reason to expect further growth from the company. And, uh, you, you know, if you were considering buying at this, these levels, I don't think you'd be, you'd be disappointed. Yes, I mean, I mean, one thing, you know, look, looking at the shares, huge, huge rally, as as we touched on there. I'm just looking at the forward earnings on them, uh, Alan. L- looking about 29 times um, earnings on on a forward basis, uh, that that to me look, looks quite expensive. Yeah, I mean, do yeah. you think that you know th- those estimates? Uh, the analysts have that that would fall, form those uh, those forward earnings multiples. Do you think we could see any revisions to their earnings going forward to, to increase those? What would bring that valuation down and, and maybe look them make them look a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, a, a more respectable uh, valuation for investors that are looking to get get into the stock? Or, or do you think the analysts have sort of priced in going forward uh, any increased? spending and also uh, the recovery in the US construction industry already? Um, I, I think uh, I think a, a good chunk of that has been factored in for sure. And of course, as you rightly said, John, the, the stock is expensive. But um, then again, the trend is your friend. And when you get a, when you get a company that delivers growth um, year in, year out, grows its customers, grows its revenue, um, and you know, makes confident state, you know, the CEO, Brendan Hogan, makes uh, is very confident in his outlook for the coming year. Um, it'll be boosted by the infrastructure bill for sure. Um, uh, so so there's, there's little on the horizon at, at the moment that could upset that. Any change, of course, in the, in the, in the US market, you know, if the US, uh, if, if growth slowed and, uh, there were there was there were expectations possibly of a, a recession. Then, of course, that would hugely impact on um, on on some belts uh, uh, revenues. And of course, um, there's very little room for disappointment in, in at current share price levels. But um, I think uh, 
the growth story is there for all to see. And I think uh, this infrastructure budget will certainly help, um, certainly help drive continuing growth in, in Ashdead and, of course, some belt rentals going forward. Indeed. Uh, going to be a particularly interesting stop to, uh, to watch um, as this uh, spending bill plays out in the United States. So now moving on, Alan, to a company which, which I would class as one of, of very few, actually, uh, COVID stocks here listed uh, in, in London. Of course, you know, if you look at the United States, you had you know, all, all of the FANG stocks, online tech companies uh, that were benefiting from the working from home uh, environment that, that was forced upon people during the, the pandemic. Uh, in in the UK, we didn't have too many companies that were direct beneficiaries to to the pandemic. Of course, some, some did did very well, but in terms of you know, consumer habits, uh, there were a couple of companies. One of them uh, is Deliveroo. Uh, I had a huge gain throughout the uh, the pandemic in terms of, of share price, but we've actually seen their half year results this morning. Uh, Alan shares are down at about four uh, percent. Mm. Looking now. What is the the update from them? Okay, so uh, Deliveroo, of course, uh, founded by Will Shue and Greg Orlowski in 2013, um, has um, hundreds of outlets across the UK and across Europe, Netherlands, France, Belgium, Ireland, Spain and Italy, although um, Spain is, uh, I think, has created some some, um, issues with the... uh, the the, the the format of uh, employment that it offers its riders and of course um, delivery delivery riders have become quite a quite a famous uh, um, site in our in our streets and towns uh, over the past uh, uh, four to five years um, um, and you know it's a very visible company in that regard but of course as you rightly say uber with its uh, with its with its network and just eat of course is the established player in the market um, uh, frankly, it's amazed me how Deliveroo have come to market, and I think after a fairly inauspicious start, it's um, the share price has really driven ahead over the over the past year. Currently, got a market cap of six point three billion. Shares have traded as high as uh, three 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 hundred ninety pence on the year, and as low as two twenty four p at three forty seven p currently. Um, and indeed, this morning the uh, um, the uh, the numbers showed that uh, Deliveroo had experienced a real boost during the pandemic. Orders more than doubled to 148.8 million, um, with transactions worth 3.4 billion over over the six month period. So that's nearly 100 percent higher than last year. Um, and uh, and you know certainly forecasts are are, are going forward are are very strong indeed. Um, and Deliveroo has yet to make a profit. Um, pre-tax loss is narrowed to 104 million. So I guess on that sort of um, transactional value, that's uh, that's still a, a fairly good return. So I think once Deliveroo turns to profit altogether, then um, then I think that's going to uh, probably boost the shares further again. Certainly, the, um, uh, there's a company, uh, a Berlin-based company, Delivery Hero, um, took a 300 million stake in. Deliveroo last week, which ha- really helped drive the shares higher, um, and obviously, you know, that potentially puts Deliveroo in the uh, frame as a, as a potential take- takeover target. Certainly, you know, given the success of 
Uber Eats and and the, the ongoing success of Just Eat. Um, and I think uh, Deliveroo's uh, business model, um, uh, you know, which uh, which uses uh, high quality restaurant options um, uh, versus you know the, uh, the the standard fare of its rivals, could give it that uh, that USP going forward. Um, and of course, uh, I, I think uh, I think the fact that they bought in. Um, um, Amazon executive uh, Devesh Mishra as product and technology officer to help expand the business is quite telling. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there is scope for growth. Um, I, I was amazed that uh, the company came to market with a market cap it, it did, but um, it's been a, been a success uh, already. And I think the growth um, that uh, we're seeing uh, in turnover and also the narrowing losses too, do make this quite an attractive uh, company. Um, I probably want to stay. I, I probably want to sit on the sidelines personally and uh, and wait until they started uh, generating a profit. But um, you know, I, I might well miss the boat. But uh, that's just my view. But certainly, it's uh, it's it's making very good progress and does does show scope. I think going forward for further growth. So I mean, the question that I'd have, and I'm sure a number of investors uh, would have uh, that are looking at uh, the company, we're looking at a half year set of results, which included quite a significant um, portion of uh, lockdown where people were obviously at home. I know myself uh, as a user of of, of delivery before the pandemic, um, I I was using it a lot more throughout the, the pandemic and, and I've actually started to find myself now using a little bit less now that we can go out to restaurants and such like normal life can can resume um, mm. it does beg the question if during a period where we had significant lockdowns and people are obviously at home and uh, we saw that huge increase in orders if they weren't able to generate a, uh, a profit there uh, during that period how, what, how does that um, set things up for for the the rest of the year and going forward. That yes, we're probably going to see um, you know a sustained level of, of orders that were higher than they were before the pandemic. We're, we're likely to see a, a drop off uh, in that. How are they going to be turning a profit if we see a drop in in orders going forward? Well, I think this is the that's the million dollar question, isn't it, John? And I think that's uh, that's why you know my view still I, I would still want to see the company. Return a profit um, within that more normal environment, but of course they've hired this guy from Amazon to develop the on-demand grocery uh, offering that they have. And uh, indeed, in the in the uh, update this morning, they said that uh, they were seeing a lot of uh, great attraction in on-demand grocery, um, supported by rollout with leading partners. Um, uh, so, so I think uh, Deliveroo are diversifying, and they're looking to diversify further into uh, online grocery deliveries, um, uh, you know, possibly working with, with local grocers up and down the country, which is a great idea. So so all the while they've got that opportunity um, and presumably the Devesh Mishra that they bought in from Amazon could well um, help them to connect with the Amazon network as well. So that's a further opportunity for them. But of course, it remains to be seen. I think, you know, it's still early stage. They've got to, I think, demonstrate that they can diversify and through that um, deliver the profit that I think a lot of investors will be looking for. Yes, yes. I mean, I mean, it, it's one lot itself that I'm a little bit sceptical 
uh, about given looking at the marketing spend and the marketing spend, looking at some of their peers that they're having to put in to, to secure orders going forward. And I just know, sort of looking around uh, in, in London, there's lots of uh, delivery, food delivery um, services, you know, popping up a little niches, but, you know, just looking at deliveries for artisans. You know, of course, you've got the other end of the scale with Morrison's on uh, on Amazon. There's a lot of players in the market. So this is a, a sector which I'm going to watch quite keenly going forward. But, um, you know, with shares here, a little bit sceptical on how they're going to perform going forward. But uh, certainly an interesting sector to, to watch in, you know, given the technology that some of these companies are, uh, are operating and, and you know how they can scale their business going forward. So I'm sure one that we'll touch on again as well as the others in the sector, including you know, Just Eat and Ocado and the other companies operating online food deliveries. So Alan, now, now moving on to a company that uh, regular listeners to the podcast will be familiar with because they are operating a quite exciting portfolio of, of assets which always have updates, and that's ECR Minerals. What's the latest update from them, Alan? Okay, John. So um, ECR Minerals are uh, an aim-listed company. Um, uh, shares currently trading at uh, 1.55p, giving a market cap of 15.3 million. Um, and ECR Minerals are um, active active miners, uh, mining, an active mining and exploration company with uh, assets focused in the Victoria Goldfields region in southern Australia. Um, they have uh, two key projects in that region. Uh, they have the Creswick project, which is just north of the Ballarat gold mine, um, which is a producing mine, and the Bailiston area project, which is which is um, just east of the famous Fosterville gold mine, which, of course, um, I think last year produced some 620,000 ounces of gold. Um, and indeed, the region around that is rife with old mines um, and uh, uh, exploration works. And uh, through the ownership of these licenses, ECR has um, uh, actively uh, uh, been actively engaged um, throughout uh, 2021 in uh, what, what it refers to as an aggressive drilling campaign um, across these territories. Um, in Creswick, they are uh, the, the head geologist, um, Adam Jones, is... Uh, that they are building up a picture of with their drilling of the um, of the infrastructure and the the type of uh, the, the type of strata that they are, are that they are looking at uh, under the ground there. Um, they also uh, at the start of the year purchased their own drilling rig, a Cortec drilling rig, which is being used at Bailiston. And whilst currently they have uh, contractors working for them at the uh, at the Creswick project. Um, they have also just announced they've acquired a second drilling rig. And ECR is, uh, unlike many small cap mining stocks, they are very well funded. They've got some 5 million quid in the bank. Um, and um, as Craig Brown, the CEO, and uh, the Georgist uh, Adam Jones uh, keep saying, you know, that money's going to the ground. You know, they are aggressively drilling across these these prospects and in, indeed on the uh, 19th of July the ongoing drilling campaign there um, showed some detailed drilling intercepts and there's a very good image actually which uh, which uh, articulates it very well they found uh, at various samples in whole CSD03 um, uh, uh, 0.95 meters at 23.5 grams of uh, gold um, and a similar reading with 
10 grams, just under 10 grams, um, and various other holes where they're getting these readings. But because of the what they refer to as the, the folding faults within the ground, that's when the strata basically folds and you uh, little pockets are created. Um, Adam Jones said in a recent interview that um, they, they were kind of trying to estimate uh, the value along each shaft that uh, that they drill and um, uh, estimating that there could be, you know, millions of uh, dollars worth of gold within each uh, strata that, that, that they're drilling through. Um, he also believes that they will uh, that they will develop rather an open pit mine. They would be develop a, an underground mine similar to Ballarat, um, indicating that the geology there is very similar to 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 the Ballarat ter- territories. Um, so we move from there. We then go to uh, the Bayliston project, and that consists of a series of prospects, um, uh, um, and also in, in, which includes the Cherry Tree prospect. And yesterday there was a, an update from the company on the Cherry Tree prospect. Um, they uh, the, the the they drilled a, a series of holes there, and um, the best intercept was eleven grams per ton from half a meter of gold, uh, just under a hundred meters down. Um, and they, they'd seen a series of intercepts uh, containing small amounts of gold from that. So they're building up again a picture there of the geology in the area. And Craig said that he's, he was pleased to report this highly significant, highly significant early result there, both in terms of the geological setting and the gold mineralization uh, identified. So this is this is very much a, a, an ongoing campaign that uh, will reveal a, a much greater picture as we go forward. But certainly the head geo there, Adam Jones, is very excited about uh, the potential of Kresik. And I think we're going to get some, some more news there in the not too distant future. Um, they have other, other interests too. They also have... Um, uh, they, they, they have two operating companies in Australia, Makata Gold, which is operating the the uh, the gold fields, Victoria Goldfields drilling campaign. Um, then to the north in Queensland, they've acquired two new assets, uh, Lux Exploration, the local company there. They've acquired uh, three licenses or apply for three licenses in the Lulworth Range area, which is believed is believed is highly prospective for um, alluvial gold prospecting. So we're going to hear more about that. And also an interesting development uh, a few weeks back on a license uh, that the company owns in or or a 25% interest company owns in the Philippines, uh, the Dangle Gold Project. Um, The the company, the the, uh, former CEO, uh, Stephen Clayson, resigned both from uh, ECR Minerals and uh, as a consultant and also from the uh, the uh, the Philippines company Cordillera Tiger, um, and uh, Craig and the team there have um, they are they're, they're working to um, to crystallise their twenty five percent interest in the Dangleg Coal Project, which is believed has uh, there's an inferred mineral resource estimate of sixty three and a half ounces of gold at at the prospect there. So again, there's there, there are further developments there. So ECR, it's very much um, ongoing, fully funded, and really the uh, um, what we're seeing with the, the share price performance at the moment is just reflecting the general malaise in small mining stocks. But um, I think uh, as more um, as a, a clearer picture emerges of the Kresik project and the potential there, I think we're going to see um, a significant revaluation for the company before too long. Yes, indeed. Looking at the share prices and, and something we've mentioned on the podcast 
be before of, of ECR. We saw a big spike at the beginning of the year, uh, and that's obviously uh, tailed off since. You know, we went up to nearly four and a half pence, currently trading just above uh, 1.5 pence. Alan, I mean, do, do you think it's a case that, that some investors here may be growing a little bit impatient or, um, you know, not happy with the assets that they have there at, at ECR? Or do you think there's, there's maybe not a uh, an understanding of what they actually have there in the ground and what they're working on? I think uh, I think a lot of investors in mining stocks like this don't that they they invest and expect an instant return, and it, it simply doesn't work that way. The um, uh, most of the issues really um, is is whether the company has sufficient funding to to complete a drilling campaign so it can get a clear picture of what it has in the ground. There's no doubt that uh, certainly in Kresik there's uh, there's great potential, and there have you know Craig has mentioned they've been in. Craig Brown, the CEO, has mentioned in the past they've been in uh, discussions with uh, with uh, with other parties, interested parties, to develop that project. Um, so it may well happen. We may well see that once further drilling uh, uh, results uh, come to light, then we may well see some progress on that front too. But um, also interesting to see as well that uh, Makata Gold, the local uh, the, the the company operating the the uh, drilling campaigns in Victoria Goldfields um, is uh, is undertaking quite a bit of work to work with local schools there. It's produced a rock kit to help youngsters there um, gain an interest in geology and and uh, working working in the industry. So they're pretty high profile locally, uh, Makeda Gold. So um, yeah, it, it's a very exciting time for the company. Indeed, uh, and one that I'm sure we'll be updating listeners on as we hear more from the company. So just to recap, the companies that we discussed today uh, was Ashted Group trading under the ticker of AHT, uh, Deliveroo with a ticker of ROO, and just then was ECR Minerals with a ticker of ECR. Alan, thank you much for being on the podcast today. Thank you very much, John. Just a note for listeners, if you want to know a little bit more uh, about particularly the Deliveroo story, there is a story Uh, article on the UK Investor Magazine website, so do check that out. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice and please remember all investment involves risk. 